Vaccine Watch on Ireland's Classic Hits. Well, we've been joined again by Ruth in studio this Friday to give us the bit of an update on what's going on with the vaccines. Uh, Ruth, how are we, firstly, how are we getting on with our targets? Are we meeting targets? Uh, so the original targets that were set out in January, no, but we are getting there and it looks like we will meet the June ones. Right, okay. Uh, with everything that's coming in now and all. So the all supply the is increasing, is it? Hugely, hugely. All right, well, give, give us the numbers anyway. Who, how many people have we got the first dose? Because I see them celebrating yesterday. They're all patting each other on the back. I have no idea why. <laughs> when we <laughs> so, think about how far behind we are. But So as of Tuesday, the first doses were 679,844 and the second doses were 282,043. So as of Tuesday, the overall doses were 961,887. But yesterday, we hit our one millionth. Right, so, so we've done over a million now. Okay, so a fifth of the population roughly have have at least got the first dose of the vaccine. Uh, no, this uh, roughly six percent of the population should be fully vaccinated. Okay, roughly. Oh yeah. Oh, so I was basing that. Oh yeah. Sorry, on the amount of jabs that were actually yes. given. Right. Okay. So okay. Uh, and in relation to which jabs have been given, are we? I suppose the the Pfizer vaccine is is still the most common one being used. Isn't yeah, it? we've done over seven hundred and seven thousand of them. With AstraZeneca is only two hundred and twelve thousand, and Moderna is only forty two thousand for. And we'll talk about the AstraZeneca in a few minutes ago and the yes. concerns around that. Anyway, we'll talk about that in a second. But the the daily daily average over the last seven days. Is roughly 17,332, but yesterday we did do over 21,000. So it's between kind of 17 and 21,000 that we're doing daily. Okay, so how are we, are, we, are we ramping it up even more now? What are, we, what are we set to hit over the next week? Yeah, so like obviously over the last couple of weeks, we were only getting 85, 90,000 done. Last week we did 121,000, and over the next couple of weeks, they're hoping it'll be 150,000 a week that'll be done. So that'll be a huge increase. Right, are they basing that on the fact that they're going to be getting more supply? Yes. Okay, so what, what are we looking at with the groups currently being vaccinated against COVID-19? So where, where are we now? Because it's a bit of a mess. Because we're hearing, look, we're hearing stories about teachers out in Bray getting it and Gardy and Claire getting it. And it's supposed to be age-related. And now all of a sudden you have occupations looking for it and getting it, it seems. Well, uh, it seems to be turning into a little bit of a free-for-all. Are we still sticking to the proper plan? We're still not even at the age thing. We're well, still doing the over-65s who are in long-term care, health, uh, frontline healthcare workers, and then people over 70 in the community and then 16 to 69 year olds with high ri- who are high risk. It's a bit disappointing when you're hearing on the news, for example, in Britain that they're announcing now on the portal anybody between the age of 20 and 60 can now apply on the portal. Yeah. It's a bit disappointing where we're at now, isn't it? It is. And our portal won't open until the 18th, or the 19th of April, sorry. And that'll be for 65 to 69 year olds. So they'll start that rollout that week. Right. The portal, basically for anybody who doesn't know what a portal is, at the moment it's when you're being contacted is when you go for the vaccine, not when you come contact the state or the HSE or your GP but the portal gives you an opportunity then to be forced in the queue essentially to apply online if you're in a category yes if you are if you are between 65 and 69 you apply after the or on or after the 19th of April okay all right so another couple of weeks to go before you can get online now the t-shirt Michael Martin sent indications from the manufacturers were uh, that Ireland will receive 940,000 doses in April uh, and 1.2 million in May 1.7 million in June that kind of looks promising. It's by the way, I don't know, it's still not going to help our lockdown situation, but it does look promising, doesn't it? It does, and I mean, it's one point seven million or more in June because that'll depend on the supply of the 
Janssen slash Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Um, there's also confusion over that. It is Johnson & Johnson, but the vaccine is called Janssen. So it's the manufacturer's versus the name of the, va- yeah. the vaccine. If you're yeah. hearing both names, it's the one vaccine. It's not two vaccines. Yeah, because people, <laughs> people are getting very And what about all the other ones, by the way, they're talking about Sputniks and there's one in Italy and there's another one being developed in Scotland somewhere. And all these, What about all these? Is there any sign of these all being approved too to, to bring them onto the market as well? There's no talk of it anytime soon. They were talking about May, June, a couple of weeks ago for approving all of them, but there's no, mm-hmm. there's no updates on them being filed. Right, okay. As of yet. Now, let, let's go to the AstraZeneca, right? Yes. So there has been a lot of consternation about the AstraZeneca vaccine. It was dismissed. We, we suspended it for a week, going back a few weeks ago there, and it was dismissed as correlation and there was no evidence. Now it seems there is evidence uh, that the AstraZeneca as a vaccine has been responsible for blood clots. And what's concerning is in blood clots in younger people, it seems. Yeah, it does. It seems to be the younger part of the population. But then again, the EMA are saying that there's no... There's no rhyme or reason as to who's getting it. It's not a gender thing. It's not an age thing. It's not a health thing. It's just... Quite random. Yeah, but it does... The people who have come forward so far do seem to be of a younger demographic. Okay, what's concerning, and I don't necessarily always agree or disagree with the HSE, but I am disagreeing in some sense on this this occasion. They're saying that, according to their statement, the rare side effect has been reported at a rate of approximately one uh, to two people cases, basically, in 100,000 vaccine doses given. Now, that's extremely rare. I grant you that. But if you're looking at a younger cohort of people, say under the age of 40 or 50, and I don't know exactly what the data is suggesting in those who are being affected primarily by it, I mean, the chances of them dying of COVID-19 are probably a lot lower than one in two uh, in 100,000 people. So in saying that, there's a bit of a trade-off here. I've always been a pro-vaccination and I've always been the person to say, well, you know, you've got to balance it out with what is better for mankind or humankind. You know, is it to take the vaccine? But And certainly if you're over the age of 65, your chances of dying of COVID-19 are much higher and the vaccine is the better option. My advice, sir, would your advice be, I know the HSE are not saying it, if you're younger, to advise to go for the other vaccines rather than the AstraZeneca. Maybe that should be the suggestion in the future. Well, look, I can't say that because mm-hmm. they won't give you a choice. You are given the vaccine, you are given on the day. And we've already heard stories of people being told, even though they are of high risk of blood clots because of whatever health, or health conditions they have, they still have to get the AstraZeneca because that's what's being offered. But the likes of Germany have suspended, Germany and I think it's Canada have suspended it for under 65s. Yeah, and I, and I, want, to re- I want to reiterate, it is a very low rate of side effect. Okay, so yes. I mean, look, there's no re- real need for concern because importantly, the HSE does point out that there is no evidence that the vaccine is linked to an increase in general blood clots. For example, deep, tra- deep vein thrombosis or pulmonary embolisms, in other words, in your, in your lungs or whatever it happens to be. Also, there's no evidence that age, gender, past medical history, including a past history of blood clotting on, med- on medications containing uh, estrogen or uh, increase the risk for this rare complication. In other words, they don't seem to have any real data to suggest there's some sort of pattern to this. Yeah, so it's there was random. the original stuff that was coming out is it looked like it was younger women in particular. So then there was speculation, oh, is this something to do with people who are on contraceptives? Because obviously blood clots have mm-hmm. are a side with effect, a very rare yeah, side d- effect of contraceptives as well. So yeah. like... People were making those correlations, but they're saying now that that's not, that's not a thing. Okay, and they're also saying that people who have a past history of clotting or thrombosis uh, are also not at a higher risk. No. So just because you may have had a blood clot in the past doesn't necessarily mean you're the one at risk to getting a blood clot from this. Again, it's quite random. It seems to be quite random. There is absolutely no rhyme or reason to any of it. Yeah. Also as well, they say there you rare complication and people with these conditions are being advised to take whichever vaccine is being offered to them. In accordance with the national vaccine rollout, it is not recommended to take any medications or other actions if needed um, or if you've previously had a history of clotting. In other words, again, not to be concerned that if you're getting the AstraZeneca and you've had a clot in the past, 
that you shouldn't be worried that it's just not just because you've had a club in the past that's not going to be the case in the future yes alright okay it, it, but it is still concerning I know a lot of people are concerned about it you know and it, it is still a concern somebody says but now would you take the AstraZeneca vaccine now yeah Kevin Limerick I would yeah, I probably would. Now, look, it is continuously under review. They are constantly looking at this and they're looking to see if there is any trend. And I'm sure if they find a trend, they will very quickly pull it from mm-hmm. wherever they need to pull it from. And by the way, you know, to all the people who are looking at information on Facebook or online about vaccines and, you know, giving out about it, etc. You have to remember this particular vaccine is being monitored more than any vaccine probably in history because of that very reason that they don't want to have people to come back, you know, in five or six years time and say, look, it's just under me. Yeah. So they are monitoring. So what you're hearing are you're hearing stories of people who have side effects of a pain in their arm or whatever it is. The, the natural side effects are the temperature increase that you might get the next day, which is a good sign, by the way, according to scientists, because you do get an increase in temperature. It means your body's fighting it. It does mean yeah. that your body is producing antibodies. But listen, thank you very much indeed. Hopefully next week we'll have good news and we'll have an increase of 150,000 jabs per day. Let's by the way, hope. for those who want it, for all of those who keep thinking, oh, Lord, you're changing your tune on vaccines. I haven't. <laughs> if you want the vaccine, get the vaccine. If you don't want the vaccine, don't get the vaccine. That's your choice at the moment. Personally, that is your choice. And I don't think any less of you if that's what you want to do. Thank you, Ruth. Thank you. Uh, I want to go to Karen as well. Uh, Karen, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Karen? I'm good. I'm good now. Thank you. Okay. But you want to raise an issue in relation to the vaccine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've Some things have come to my attention over the past week, which left me very frustrated and very annoyed. Okay. Um, and it's in relation now to the rollout on the vaccine for those who are medically vulnerable. Okay. Um, I've discovered both myself and my brother, first of all, have medical conditions and on medication, which leaves us in that category. Two separate conditions altogether just happens. There's two of us in the family. Okay. Um, I contacted the GP, as you do, to see where I am on a list or am I on a list uh, to be informed that, no, the GP isn't vaccinating medically vulnerable patients. Right. So... I started from there and discovered that uh, they actually, a GP has no access to put a patient on any list anywhere. Um, I contacted the HSE and I was told, yes, they do. Back onto the GP. No, they don't. Anyway, to cut a very long story, very short, GPs have no access. So G- GPs have no uh, power whatsoever, you believe, according to the GP you spoke to, with the HSE, if they believe somebody is in a very vulnerable category. That's it. Mm, which seems bizarre, by the way, that your GP would be the one that would know the most about your medical history. So you would imagine they would have some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of power, some sort of uh, sway when it comes to getting you on the list. Exactly. So I spoke then, now to uh, the vaccination rollout team. Mm-hmm. based in University Hospital Galway, uh, and they were appalled that GPs were not giving the vaccine. As far as they knew, that's what was happening. Yep. They were giving it to not only the age group that they were dealing with, but also to patients under their care. With underlying conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I explained the position, and they said, not at all, your GP is supposed to be doing it. Um. Everyone I spoke to, Niall, I have to say, was extremely helpful. But But you were just frustrated because nobody seemed to be able to do anything. And the upshot of it is that these patients are falling between the cracks. Yeah. No, no, I get Uh, you. I get you. um, 
I also discovered that if you are medically vulnerable and you are seeing uh, normally by uh, a consultant privately or have three or four consultants possibly, um, each consultant thinks the other consultant has put you on the list and therefore you're not on a list. Right, okay, so everybody else thinks everybody else is doing the job. Exactly, and no one's doing it. Right, that's a very frustrating Um, situation to be in. Yeah, and then the, um, on top of that... Um, and where, where did the HSE come into this? When you contact the HSE, for example, and say, listen, I'm medically vulnerable. My doctor told me to contact you. Um, I need to get myself on a list because I am medically vulnerable. I'm in a category, uh, according to the old categories and guidelines. Uh, well, they still stand, by the way, if you're medically yeah, vulnerable yeah. and under the age of 70. I mean, where I mean, where did the HSE stand at that? Can they not get you on a list? Because I did have somebody on to me last week who had a child. When I say a child, it was a young adult. Who yes. was very medically vulnerable from Cork and eventually got them onto a list in Dublin, which was bizarre that they had to bring them all the way to Dublin to get it done. But anyway, whenever they still managed to get it done in the end. Yeah, I'll tell you where the HSE stand. Uh, they tell you I contacted the HSE COVID helpline. Oh, now God bless them, but they're not helpful. <laughs> um, and not their fault. They direct you, you call that number, you eventually get somebody, they direct you to the website. Yeah. So I explained, look, the information I'm looking for isn't on your website. And outlined the thing, and the lovely guy I spoke to said, I'm sorry, I have no access. I have no information other than what's on the website. See, I think this, this is going to change, Karen, on the 19th, as Ruth pointed out, when the portal opens. Because at the moment, I imagine GPs, like everybody else, will have to use a portal you know, to get people onto the list. And and you're probably right. They probably don't have access to any kind of, you know, system. And, and look, we've had a problem in this country from the start, and it was pointed out to Stephen Donnelly, that we don't have a joined-up system in this country, similar to England in the NHS. And that's something, by the way, in the future, we're going to have to look at in this country, because if this ever happens again, we need to have a system in place where GPs and the HSE and the vaccine rollout or the immunisation uh, association or wherever it is who looks after it are going to have to be all connected. At the moment, that is not the case. And this is the problem. And on top of that, Niall, there is the the portal, when it opens, as Ruth pointed out, is going to be for the age group Mm -hmm. only that's specified. Uh, Are they not? And maybe uh, Ruth didn't clarify that. Maybe Ruth can clarify that. I I don't know whether she has that information. Will the portal not also be allowed because the category will be, you know, over 70s or under 70s or whatever the age group is yeah, uh, with yeah. an underlying illness? Will the portal then not allow people to go on and, and you know, and do that? According to the um, COVID vaccination centre in UCHG, uh, no. Okay, well, she's, she's nodding her head to me here into the window, basically saying it doesn't say at the moment that, they're not, that that information is not available. So I don't know until the portal opens on the 19th of April whether that information or whether that category will be in there. Well, all I can tell you regarding that is what I was told by the Vaccination Coordination Office in UCHG, and they're saying no. Well, see, if you look at, say, the portal in Northern Ireland, for example, if you're on the if you're going on the NHS in Northern Ireland to the Ulster Hospital yeah. or, to, or to the 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 arena there, the Odyssey Arena. Now, again, they're way ahead of us now at this stage, and anybody can go onto the portal now. It doesn't matter what category you are, right? And sign up yeah. to get a vaccine. But initially, going back say six or seven weeks ago, if you were under seventy and had an underlying illness you could apply on the portal and write down and type in your underlying illness and your GP and uh, your GP's name and they would accept you for a vaccine. 
Yeah. And then when you when you appeared then and when you went to the Ulster Hospital or to the Odyssey Arena or whatever it was to get your vaccine, all you had to do was bring along some, you know, a medic, some sort of certificate from your doctor to say that you had an underlying illness. Well, you see, that's the difference between the rollout in the north and the rollout in the south. Mm. Mm. Now, the, the issue with GPs is, um, from what I can make out now, I, I spoke to my own GP um, and on top of that, there was a conversation with the GP today who said that until they receive clear written information from the HSE telling them that they are allowed to order vaccines for the medically vulnerable, they won't do it. And the reason they won't do it or the reason they're giving is um, because of the fiasco disaster in the Beacon, uh, they want to make sure they can account for vaccine mm. and they are only ordering in vaccines for the age group that they have been told to vaccinate. Okay, well, stay there for a second because I think Mary's in a similar situation. So anyway, I wanted to regards to what Martin has just texted in. Uh, now, they said yesterday they reached a, the one million milestone, but if you add up the figures, they don't add up the ones that were on the news. The first dose and second dose only adds to 94,000. That's 60,000 shy. Do they think people are idiots? Now, Martin, they don't think people are idiots. The figures that you heard, as Ruth pointed out, were figures at the end of the closing of Tuesday, the 940,000. Since then, obviously, more people have got vaccinated. But it's now Friday. Uh, yesterday, they gave the one millionth jab. So, Martin, that's the figures. They are the act. They are actually accurate figures, as far as we know. Um, and nobody's trying to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. Uh, Mary- no, I don't believe. I think, seriously, I think that you know they're doing the best they can. They haven't been in this situation before. Hmm. But I mean, with regard to the GPs, that can be handled very simply. Yeah, but, but, but stay there for a second because I want to just go to Mary too who's in a similar situation before I, I finish this up. Hang on. Sorry, Mary, go ahead. You're on Ireland's Classic Kids. Hi, good afternoon, Niall. Um, I'm in a similar position to that lady. Karen. Who, yeah, um, yeah. Medically vulnerable. Um, my GP told me that she would put me on the list that I would have been first in the practice to get it. Right. If she could. But her hands are tied. She then wrote to the hospital that I attend and she asked, could my consultant put me on the list? Because apparently if you're referred by a consultant, you'll get it. Yeah. Um, to date, after five weeks, she has still not heard back from that hospital as to whether or which. I told her I didn't care how long I had to wait as long as I didn't get the AstraZeneca because my condition is a severe clotting condition. Right, okay. Uh, and, and you, okay, and that's fair enough. You don't want to take the risk. Disorder. Right. So um, she said that she gives out the Pfizer, but that lady is correct. She only gets the amount, exactly the amount for her age group. So she's at the over 70s at the moment, and I spoke to her on Tuesday, and she said she is only getting what amount. And, and if she, she, yeah, but if she gets a cancellation... Or a no, no, sh- a no show, me. can she not call you? No, no. legally, she cannot do it, she told me. But, but, but hang on, we're, we're, we're all over the country, we're getting situations where 
only there last week in Clare we had 100 guards that were vaccinated many of them wouldn't have had exactly. vulnerable situations we had teachers in Bray I don't know how many of them there was a heap of them um, and this is not the Beacon Hospital by the way this is another heap of teachers that yeah. in a school that were given it in Bray because and they were they were using I'm assuming no shows to give those to those teachers so why can't your GP turn around if he has five or six or she has five or six no shows give you know Mary a ring and say Mary you're deserving of this as far as I'm concerned in my professional opinion uh, you have an underlying condition that warrants giving you this vaccine why can't they just do that I don't you know you see Niall uh, Mary hi um, no the, the the issue seems to be that they haven't received clear and written information from the HSE yeah yeah that's that's correct yes there there is no link up between all the agencies and the GPs because um, for instance I will give you another example this happened twice both my sisters are nurses. They both got their vaccines through work, as they should, because they're on the front line. That was fine with no issue with that. Um, last week, one of my sisters rang me and asked me, uh, did you not hear back from your consultant or the hospital? Yet? No, I said, no, why? She said, I got a text last night at quarter 10 to be in City West in the morning for my first vaccine. Now, bearing in mind, she works in the HSE. She's had her two vaccines. And then the HSE are telling her to go to City West to book in for her first vaccine. Right, okay. My other sister is also a nurse. Uh, got her first that, vaccine. By the way, this is happening a lot. I, yeah. I, I know. Yeah. And, but, and, and, they, and again, but can I say this again? It comes back to the situation that the HSE and the doctors and the consultants and the vaccine, you know, the people who are rolling out the vaccine, there's no link. That we're not linked. No, the, all no. these computers are not linked together. We've never had a reason in the past to link them together, by the way. Uh, there was a data issue in linking them together. Yeah. But going forward, this is Stephen Donnelly's job and he needs to get down to the HSE going forward because if this ever happens again, it's a bit late now. Mind you, they should have been working on this. They've, we've had a year to work this out. Exactly. And, you know, and by the way, when it comes to the vaccine rollout and it comes to the lack of supply and it comes to the mess that's going on at the moment with school teachers saying that they want the vaccine and actually getting them and, and Gardy getting them and not, you know, not adhering to the proper protocol that's happening at the moment until we make a decision that they should get them. Stephen Donnelly has to be responsible. Somebody has to be responsible for what I believe is a catastrophe when it comes to this rollout. It's well, a, Niall, and and somebody Donnelly, has to be responsible. And he is not taking responsibility. No, no, he's not. And he could very, very simply stand up today and say, GPs, look after your vulnerable patients. That's all he needs to do. And that eliminates a huge issue for a huge amount of people. But until he does that, or Paul Reid does it, or somebody does it, it's not going to happen. And these patients, these people, like Mary, like myself, like thousands of others, are falling between the cracks. Yes. Okay, but yeah, because can I, I just want to mention there's one text in here, which I th- this, and this shows the lunacy of the whole situation. My dad has a very serious liver condition, and his GP wouldn't give him the vaccine. Uh, so after ringing around, he was given an appointment in the Aviva Stadium, uh, which is a three-hour drive. Uh, I'm assuming they're from Cork or Limerick or somewhere, maybe. Uh, a three-hour drive last Monday, or last Saturday, uh, for this very ill man. This, see, that's a joke. You know, that, that, that this person can get an appointment in the Aviva Stadium three hours away, but their own GP can't give it to them. That's a breakdown of a system. That's a system that's a mess. And somebody needs to be responsible for why we're getting this wrong and why I'd this I'd love is to know how we I mean, got your doctor, both Mary and Karen, 
with the greatest respect, the two of your doctors should be able to make a decision. They sh- they're doctors. They're credible people. They should be allowed to make a decision that I have vaccines here and Mary and Karen warrant these vaccines because of their underlying condition and I should be allowed to give it to them. Well, my they people, seem to be afraid. They yeah. seem to be afraid to have one vaccine go astray. That's, that's, that's getting to the point yeah. of paranoia and ridiculousness. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, it, and it needs to be resolved. And Stephen Donnelly, you're right, should stand up and should say, we trust doctors to make the right decisions. Please do it. If you believe that you have a patient with an underlying condition and they need the vaccine, you should be allowed to give it to them. That's the way it is in every other country and that's the way it should be here. Listen, yep. ladies, thank you very much indeed. And I appreciate you coming on the air. Thank you very much indeed. And we'll give you another update on Vaccine Watch next Friday. Just to get, there's a few people texting in, by the way, about that 940 figure. To clarify once again, right, for those who believe there's some sort of conspiracy theory going on, and I'm promoting it, I'm certainly not. They gave the one million jab, which I believe, by the way, is very disappointing. Yesterday, the figure of 940 is at the close of business on Tuesday, which are the official figures. That doesn't mean they haven't gone over one million. They're not trying to pull the wool over your eyes, by the way. And I'm certainly not trying to pull the... I have never tried to pull the wool over your eyes. In fact, out of all the presenters in this country, I would imagine, and I think most people would agree, I've been the fairest when it comes to COVID-19. I'm quite ashamed of some of my fellow broadcasters and the nonsense they put out on the air. But anyway, that's another whole other story. But as of Tuesday, the figures were 940, which is 60,000 shy of what was claimed yesterday when they said they would put they put the one million jab into somebody's arm. But it's not a lie. They did put the one million in. You have to take into consideration on Wednesday and on Thursday, they gave obviously a lot more vaccines. That hasn't been put into the official figures yet. And when we give you those figures on Monday and Tuesday... That will be the official figure. That's the way it works. Vaccine Watch on Ireland's Classic Hits.